Sometimes we sing a song in Christ alone. Sometimes we forget what it is in Christ that we actually have. We do that physically at times about a week and a half ago, somewhere in there, we celebrate our, our Independence Day. Bill and Mary White celebrated their anniversary. <clears throat> but do we truly realize what that independence is and what it cost? You'd hear the Star Spangled Banner played or sung. And we've reached a point in our lives where we feel that we have the freedom to change the way the song is sung whenever it's sung. On Memorial Day, you can go to a national cemetery and other places as well, but I been to one in St. Louis, and I know they do it at Dallas-Fort Worth National Cemetery. Usually the Boy Scout, Cub Scouts go out, and others as well, and they plant little flags, American flags at each grave. Do we ever think about the freedom? As those that do that, do they ever really think about the flag that they placed on that grave? Somebody's son, somebody's daughter, somebody's mother, somebody's father, grandmother, grandfather, and on it goes back. They all represent a life. Sometimes we get so tangled up in the freedom that we enjoy that sometimes we forget its price. It's what the writer of the Hebrew letter is addressing to those that he is writing to. And the copy of the Bible that I have, it has a paragraph, two paragraphs, or a paragraph before getting into the text itself that says, Many Jewish believers, having stepped out of Judaism into Christianity, wanted to reverse their course in order to escape persecution by their countrymen. The writer of Hebrew exhorts them to go on to perfection, chapter 6 and verse 1. His appeal is based on the superiority of Christ over the Judaic system. Christ is better than the angels, for they worship him. He is better than Moses, for he created him. He is better than the Aaronic priesthood, for his sacrifice was once for all time. He is better than the law, for he meditates a better covenant, mediates a better covenant. In short, there is, no, there is more to be gained in Christ than to be lost in Judaism. Pressing on in Christ produces tested faith, self-discipline, and a visible love seen in good works. There were Christians who had a Jewish background, who had become Christians. Well, they, in the first century, not knowing where they lived, or where they were living or had lived, some of them may have been, excuse me, some of them may have been 
first-time Christians. Some of them may have lived in Jerusalem. And now they're being persecuted and they're threatening to go back under Judaism, forgetting what they have in Christ. Do we sometimes do that? I've already been questioned by a few, what does that table have to do with the lesson? But sometimes what we have, even as Americans, we forget what we have in Christ. The flag. was draped over my father-in-law's casket. The Bible was the Bible he preached from. It's open to Isaiah 6, verse 8 and 9. Who shall go for me? And I say, here am I. Send me. Those of this century in front of the flag the Bible is open to Acts 2 and verse 19 for the Jews of this time they were boasting in the fact that they had the grave of David and they honored that grave and remembered that grave in the case in front of the Bible, there's a small copy of the scroll of the first five books of the Old Testament in Hebrew. They cherished that. That written scroll was vital to them, but they worshiped the scroll more than they did the message. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, but in these last days spoken to us by his Son, and whom he has appointed heir of all things, to whom also he made the worlds. You think about how God has worked in human history. You think about these Christians being pressured to go back unto a system that they had believed had been done away with the death of Jesus on the cross. And that a new covenant had been established. And that's what the whole writer, that's what the writer is doing through the whole book of Hebrews. Is remember. Remember what you have in Christ. Yes, you're surrounded by your heritage. And there's no way living with that reminder constantly that those thoughts do not return. But the life is not based on the physical 
life is based on that spiritual relationship that we have with God. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke to the prophet in times past to the prophets. You think about that. You think about Moses at the foot of Mount Sinai. You think about Elijah looking for God in the big things and finding him in the small things. You think how he worked through the prophets Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and the list goes on and on and on of how they prided themselves in having Moses, how they prided themselves in having Elijah. So much so that when Peter, James, and John were on the mount of what we call the Mount of Transfiguration, and Jesus was changed before their very eyes, Peter wanted to build three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Christ. Only to hear that voice out of heaven again, you have to imagine, if you will, hearing an audible voice from heaven speaking in a language that you could understand, saying, this is my beloved son. You hear him. These Christians, but the writer of Hebrews is addressing in the first century, had already forgotten that. They were willing to go back and to worship at that tomb of David. They were willing to go back and to find that scroll of the Torah first five books of the Old Testament and to worship them or to worship as they had dictated and had forgotten what they have in Christ Jesus. How many But after they've gathered around this table, how many after they had partaken of that bread that represents the body of Jesus that was broken on the cross, how many after partaking of that fruit of the vine that reminds them of the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross for their sin will walk out of this assembly and not return until next Sunday and leave the body of Christ behind. Have we forgotten what we have because of the Son of God who became man 
lived and dwelt on this earth. And then of his own free will gave his life as that atonement for our sins. Personalize it for your sins, for my sins. Personalize it. Name them. He died for that sin. Name them. He died for that sin. Then remember what the writer will say over in chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. There are sins and there are iniquities. I will remember no more, says the Lord. And once a sacrifice has been made, there is no more offering to be made. The sacrifice for the sin is not your regret. It's not your remorse. The sacrifice for your sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. We are, respect, we are expected to repent of those sins, to turn from them. There can be no more regret that we can add to it to enhance that sacrifice. Only one sacrifice sufficient. These Christians had forgotten what they have in Christ Jesus. He will spend this first chapter again talking about who Jesus is. Who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and beholding, upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Upholds all things by the word of his power. Go back. Gospel of John chapter 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. That everything that was created was created by him. He upholds this world by the word of his power. And it comes a day when the word will be again, it is finished. He said that on the cross for the atonement of our sins. It will come again for the end of this world as we know it. And the ushering in of eternity and its consequences. These Christians had forgotten. They may have lived in Jerusalem. At one time, they may have been living in Jerusalem at this time. They would have been acquainted with this history. The Jews, as they went forth with the persecutions from time to time in their previous history, would carry a copy 
of the Torah with them. There's no way for us to fully comprehend that concept, if you will. To comp comprehend that sacrifice that humans made, if you will, to copy the first five books of the Old Testament. Have you ever seen a handwritten copy? I've got a single page. It's probably five, six hundred years old. Not a mistake on it. All the letters are the same height. Equal spacing. All the words run together, only consonants, no vowels. To copy the first five books by hand without making those mistakes. What a price. And every synagogue wanted to have a copy. But did they listen to what they had. Moses said, there's a prophet coming like unto me. Him you had better hear. Did they hear that prophet Jesus? Did they understand who he was and were they willing to follow him? He purged out our sins and he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. We do not fully comprehend that thought being expressed. The work of a priest was never done. He never sat down as he performed his duties. But Jesus, when he performed or fulfilled his duty as high priest, sat down at God's right hand completed that offering on our behalf. And he's much better than the angels. Much better than the law of Moses as it goes on, much better than the priesthood of Aaron. Much better than the city of Jerusalem. Much better than the temple in Jerusalem. And when you have that which is perfect. Why would we allow that which is imperfect to draw us away from God? How many will let those physical ties to that flag? How many will allow that physical ties to that Bible? Pull them away from the Savior in heaven. Indications is there was nothing intentional, if you will, that they fully understood what they were doing. They were simply allowing the physical world to control their decisions. 
Do we? Do we allow the physical world to control our decisions and not realize what we have by who is in heaven? Making intercession on our behalf. Not realizing who is reminding us through that written word that we have. I suffered and I died for you. You live for me. Be thou faithful unto death and you shall receive that crown of life. That's the hope. That's the promise. That is what is offered unto us. But that is a decision that each one of us as an individual reaches. That each one of us as an individual will decide each day that we live. Who is the master? And why? Why? Do I follow him? Who at the door is standing? Patiently drawing near. Entrance within demanding. Whose is the voice I hear? Do you hear that voice? To hear the voice of Jesus. It is because that's what you want to hear. To hear the voice of Jesus is what you have determined to do in your life. To hear the voice of Jesus is to tune out the world and come and follow him. It's an invitation that God has extended to every human being upon the face of this earth at any given time and throughout all of time as we know it. That invitation can only be accepted by an individual on their own with an understanding of what they're doing, why they're doing it, and what it is that they hope to gain as a result of that decision. Repenting of sin because it separates me from God. Confessing Jesus because he indeed is the Lord. Living for him because heaven is to be home. Is your life on that track? Is that the end result of how you're living right now? If it's not, if there's a need for you to make a change in your life, if we could assist you in becoming a Christian or help you in renewing that life to Christ Jesus again, indeed we would bid you to come as together we stand and sing.